You're listening to the State of Skull Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. What is up, everybody? My name is AJ Murphy, and we are back. We're back in the studio. We are back live here on StreamYard, and we're ready. It's the Thursday show, and we're ready to bring on those San Francisco 49ers. It's week seven already. Holy shit, guys. I mean, time just flies when the NFL season pops up because, you know, you have three weeks where games are happening. You got the Thursday start. You work it through Monday. You get two days off, and then we're right back at it with another week. So here we are on a Thursday, and we're ready to preview this Monday night football game between the Vikings and the 49ers. So I hope you guys are ready for this because it's going to be a good show. As always, we are sponsored by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, guys, we've been saying it all year. If you're not on the Underdog Fantasy train, you need to get on them because they do some great stuff. Underdog Fantasy, they wail and they crush it. And if you're a – my God, I can't speak. If you're a smart sports person and you haven't tried any of, any of these games yet, but specifically Underdog, you're asleep, man. So Underdog Fantasy in their Pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em entry, get every pick right, and take home some quote on cash. Use the code 10K and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Once again, put our code in 10K for that free deposit match. I mean, even... If you don't you know, want to sprinkle a little bit of dust on there, you throw in 10, that deposit match, that 10K code doubles it, we'll give you 20. So, I mean, yeah, that's just what you got to do. So, uh, Thursday Night Football today, a little bit of an interesting matchup, Saints and Jaguars. Uh, I feel like if we would have seen this matchup in the past couple seasons, it would have been an automatic no watch. Yep, this is laundry night. Yep, this is date night. Yep, this is do whatever you need to do around the house this is chores night i'm not going to sit down and watch this type of game but now the jags are legit i would say you know they're four and two trevor lawrence is the real deal i think we've all seen that uh he will play tonight had a issue with a knee did some stuff in pregame warm-ups he's gonna go how effective he'll be i'm not sure but and then the saints you know the saints they're they're decent but they have they have a crazy defense Probably a top five, maybe top three unit when it comes to defenses in the NFL. So, you know, just that whole action. Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe not 100% versus that Saints defense. It's going to be an interesting match, matchup tonight. So finally, we, you know, hopefully this will be something good because the last, not even just the last couple, mostly all of the primetime games this season have been pretty bad. Like, just not interesting. N- no high scores, no crazy plays, no viral moments. Like, it's just been pretty snoozy. So, yeah, but tonight we've got a couple things. Um, I'm liking ETN on just about everything. You know, if Trevor Lawrence isn't 100%, then maybe they lean on the run game a little bit more. So, ETN, I like him for a couple things on underdog. 
Uh, he does not have a spicy pick in his lineup. So that's too bad because we always love to get spicy. One thing I do like tonight, Chris Olave receiving yards. Chris Olave has been crushing it and opposing wide receivers against the Jags cornerbacks have been crushing it. A lot of guys have gone over 80, 90, 100 yards and had huge games. So I expect Chris Olave to do the same tonight. His line is looking 62 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, definitely bump the higher. Definitely bump the higher because he's going to be getting a lot of work. In the past game, I also like Rashid Shahid. Try and say that five times fast. For a spicy pick, over half rush receiving touchdowns. So 0.5 touchdowns, that'll double your money on the pick and slip. So a couple things for you guys there if you're willing to get greasy with some Thursday night football. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the preview here today. Uh, like we said, Vikings Niners, Monday night football, it's going to be juiced. Like, this was one of those matchups where when you saw it on the calendar, when the schedule got released in May, that you were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a banger. Now, we came into the season. We're 2-4. and four, The 49ers are an unstoppable beast machine. They're 5-1. and one. They slipped up last week. They lost to the Cleveland Browns. But Cleveland has an insane defense, probably a top three unit. It seems like they've given everybody trouble that they've played this year. So, and then they, you know, the 49ers had a couple people go out in that game. Trent Williams went out. He ended up coming back into the game, but he was seen after the game on Sunday in a walking boot. Uh, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they both got hurt. They didn't return. As far as those guys go, we're not really going to get anything as far as a tip off one way or the other if they're going to be good for Monday night. I believe the injury report today, Thursday, said that CMC, Debo, and Trent Williams were all limited participants in practice and that they were going to be day-to-day per Kyle Shanahan. So that's probably them trying to, you know, be a little bit sneaky about it, be a little bit covert, not give away too much. And, you know, I don't blame them because if you can keep your opponent on your toes with who's going to be in there and who's not, that's the right way to go. So I think either way, uh, from what I'm hearing with McCaffrey, it's an oblique injury, something that's more related to your torso core, like a muscle. I'm not a doctor, so, but uh, for him, it's going to be more of a pain tolerance thing. I don't think McCaffrey's really had to play through any injuries, so this would be interesting to see if he gets out there on the field, and if he does, if he's you know a regular guy, if he gets his regular 70, 80 percent snap workload. Or if they mix in a little bit of Jordan Mason, if they mix in a little bit of Elijah Mitchell. I mean, they can, the 49ers have proven it doesn't matter who they have. You know, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitch, Jordan Mason, they'll roll out there and they'll run for 80 yards and a touchdown easy. So, you know, I don't really think, you know, if they roll with the backups, it's going to be too much different. But McCaffrey is a beast. You know, he could be. One of those guys that's up there as far as a non-quarterback this year. You know, he's definitely up there for offensive player of the year. Let's let's take a look at what the odds are for offensive player of the year. Because he has to be like close to the top of the list. 
Okay, so Tyreek Hill plus 150. Then Christian McCaffrey is next at plus 230. So, yeah, that that explains it. Tyreek Hill is just on a freaking tear. But McCaffrey is right behind him. And if Tyreek Hill wasn't doing the insane shit that he was, outrunning a quarterback seems like every week for a D-ball touchdown, I think Christian McCaffrey would want to run away with that award, no doubt. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Christian McCaffrey works into the mix, if Debo works into the mix. I'm not... I don't want to say I'm not worried about Debo because Debo is crazy good. He's super talented. But it almost seems like the offense does better when he's not in there. And he's missed some time. So they're kind of used to having to play without Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk this year has been crushing it. He's shown that he can be a wide receiver one on just about any other team. If you have him in anything fantasy football related, you know that he's up there as one of the top wide receivers in fantasy football. He just puts up a ton of points. So Brock Purdy, he's looked great. And it goes, it all comes back to Brock Purdy. Last year, he stepped onto the scene, looked super good. Then got hurt in that Philly game, and everyone felt super bad for him. This year was like, okay, well, you know, was that a fluke? Is it the system? Is it blah, blah, blah? Well, he's come out and proven that it's not a fluke. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, he looks pretty good. And even his name has been thrown in there for the MVP, MVP conversation, and I can't doubt him. You know, he's looks super good. He's come in there, and I don't think he's really, you know, cost him any games. Last week, he looked pretty rough, but quarterbacks are going to look pretty rough when you play the Browns, so. My boy Mike Brown says, can the boys get some pressure on Purdy? And that's going to be the huge thing. I think a thing that works into that is if Trent Williams is playing or not. Because if Trent Williams ain't playing, this might be a slugfest. You know, we might be able to run some stunts, get some blitzes cooking, get some double A gap shit working, and really mess with that brain of Rock Purdy's and get him to do, get him to, you know, get him to drop way back, get some deep sacks, maybe a little bit of turnover action, tip ball, interception. He, you know, he throws it up. He doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy, but when you got things going on in your face, sometimes you tend to overreact. So uh, I am worried about how this pass rush, pass rush, geez, is going to work out with Marcus Davenport being out. Marcus Davenport just went on to the IR. So another one bites the dust. And, you know, we talked about it. He's played super well when he's been in there. He's a guy that when he's on the other side of Daniil, it seems like things are working out. You know, he had a crazy game in his debut against Carolina. He had a sack against Kansas City. Wasn't super effective last week, but ended up getting hurt. So I think it's going to be on those other guys. You know, DJ Wanham. It's going to be on the safeties. Josh Metellus. You know, can we cause some havoc? Can we get some blitzes cooking? And can we get home on those guys? Because that's going to be the key to slowing down this 49ers offense. Because if you drop, let Brock Purdy drop back, get some time, and work some people open, we're going to get we're going to get worked. There's just no way. Our guys, the defense is not good enough to hang with. I mean, maybe Byron Murphy can hang with Ayuk. I hope so. I sure hope so. He's looked pretty good the past couple weeks. Came up with an INT last week. Um, George Kittle is still a thing. So, and George Kittle is insane. Like, he's one of the best run-blocking tight ends. He's 
a psycho when it comes to that shit. He almost invites the contact. He's that type of dude. And every once in a while, he just has one of those games where he just goes crazy. He had that a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys. Three touchdowns, almost 30 fantasy points if you're into that. So maybe we've missed him on that. But I wouldn't doubt George Kittle, especially if Debo's out. They're going to have to throw it to somebody. So maybe it's a little bit of a little bit of Kittle, a little bit of Ayuk mixing in, a little bit of Jawan Jennings mixing in as well. So, again, it's going to be really tough to see how we play, but we're going to know a little bit more once we get closer to game time if those three that we talked about, McCaffrey, Debo, Trent Williams, if they're going to be playing or not. I think once we get clarity in that situation, we're going to be good to go. So, you know, you, you cause some havoc for Brock Purdy. We can make some things happen. On the other side of the ball, I'm a little bit more concerned. I'm a lot more concerned, actually. No, Justin Jefferson, he won't be there. So we're going to have to make some things happen with this passing game. And the 49ers defense is probably the top unit defensively in the NFL. Fred Warner is psycho. He's so good. I can't even believe how good he is. Nick Bosa, insane. It doesn't matter what side he lines up on, left or right. Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill. Those boys are going to have their hands full with him on Monday night. Their cornerbacks, they're decent. They can get by. Talanoa Hufanga is an excellent safety on that back end. He comes up, gets a lot of picks. He hits it super hard. He's super instinctive. It almost seems like he's always in the right spot. He's always around the ball. So it's going to have to be a big passing game week, I'm thinking, because we haven't seen the run game get going so far at all this year. And it would be kind of weird irony, you know, Vikings-type irony that against the best defense in the NFL, we finally get the run game going. So maybe we have that working for us. Maybe Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, they come out, throw a little bit of thunder-lightning action on the bit, and they get some things mixed in. We have to see this running game get going at some point. But for us to succeed, we're going to have to be able to get some points on this 49ers defense and put together some good drives. And that goes for both halves. You have to start out hot and you have to finish hot because these guys, they just, they get it done. Cam Akers needs more touches, says my boy, Mike Brown. I totally am with that. You know, last week, Cam Akers only had like three, four touches. He had a run of eight yards. He's got that speed pop to him. He's good in the passing game. And not that Madison isn't, but it seems like Madison really only gets those dump-offs and specific screens tailored to him in the backfield. So, I I don't know. I mean, it's going to have to be a big Jordan Addison week. It's going to have to be a big TJ Hawkinson week. Maybe it is. I, I We're going to have to see them get going a little bit. TJ Hawkinson's going to have to carry us. He's the best tight end in the NFL as far as pay rate goes. Uh, don't quote me on that because... The best tight in the NFL, eh. I I don't know. He's he's probably up there, but top three. But, yeah, I mean, this offense, they're going to have to have some answers for this defense. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And Kirk's going to have to have a good game. You know, the first couple weeks, he was thrown for over 300 yards. He was averaging, like, 340, 350. The last three weeks, he's barely averaging over 200 yards passing. So, for the Vikings to succeed, we're going to need Kirk to have a big game as well. And we can't have him get sacked. We can't have him make dumb interceptions. We can't have the strip sacks happen. 
Kirk has to play pretty much a perfect lights out game for us to beat the 49ers defense. It's just how it has to go. So not too much to say on this one. I mean, you know, the 49ers, like we talked about last week, they're super good. And when you looked at the schedule, I personally always circled this one as a loss, whether or not, you know, we had people missing with injury. But now that we're missing Justin Jefferson, I just I, I don't know if I see a way that we get it done. It's going to have to be a complete effort on both sides. You're going to have to get lucky if the 49ers make some dumb mistakes. They give away the ball. You have to go down and get scores. And maybe this is the week where you don't get cute with the trick plays. Maybe this is the week where you don't get cute on third down and fourth and one. Like, just kick those field goals. Like, we need points. If you can give yourself a chance at the end of the game to knock these guys off to make a drive, maybe it's there. So, you know, maybe this is the game that we're sitting on with Jordan Addison where, you know, he's kind of been ramping up. He's getting more snaps. He's getting more of the target share, obviously, with Justin Jefferson out. Maybe this is the week where he breaks out for good and he just solidifies himself, solidifies himself as a dog. We're, we got to see it because, I mean, offensively, like I said, the run game, there's been nothing there. And they keep leaning with Madison. I think at this point you have to go both guys and maybe give Cam Akers a little bit more work because he's shown that explosive get to him. Like, the, I don't know. I just don't know, like, is he not worked into the system 100%? Like, is there still some things that he's not picking up? Like, do they not trust him in pass protection? I'm, I don't know what the deal is, but he needs to be out there getting more touches. A lot of people have been saying it. I've been saying it on this show since he jumped on, since we traded for him. Like, we need to get him worked in because having that running back by committee and being able to keep defenses on their toes, off balance, when you got two guys that are working and doing well, it's just going to make things a lot better. So, uh, as far as the score prediction, uh Man, I. All right, here I'm going to give you two score predictions. We're going to do one if the Vikings win, and we're going to do one if the Vikings lose. Just because I'm a real Vikings fan. Like, I'm not going to sit here and feed you the purple Kool-Aid. Like, I'm going to give it to you straight. I don't know if the Vikings are going to win. This is a game that I thought all along that we would lose, even with Justin Jefferson. So, losing score, 49ers 30, Vikings 20. They cover the spread. Niners are favored by seven on the road. They get that done. If the Vikings win, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. As far as the score, I think I'm going to take Vikings 27, 49ers 24. You know, we get them to kick a field goal to keep them out the end zone a little bit. The 49ers, they can run up some points. They ran up 40 on the Cowboys, who have a decent defense. They can just get it done. So you have to be able to stop this machine. You have to be able to stop Debo, McCaffrey, and all those guys. And it's going to be a big ask. But if you get a couple turnovers, you get some things to roll your way, you get the special teams humming. I mean, Ryan Wright has been brilliant all year. So hopefully this is a big game where Ryan Wright can pin him back. We get the defense to – I mean, it's going to be juiced in there. You know, Monday night games, night games at U.S. Bank Stadium, if you guys have ever been, they're amazing. I try and go to one every year. Not going to be at this one. I've got tickets to the Bears game, but that one might get flexed out, so that's going to suck. But, yeah, night games at U.S. Bank Stadium, they're so much fun because the lights are on bright. 
everyone's watching us. We're a standalone game. You can see all the the lights from the buildings outside the window looking towards Minneapolis. It's the best. Like, there's nothing like it, honestly. So I think it's going to be juiced up, that crowd. But like I said, the Vikings offense, you got to start quick. Because if you lose that crowd against a team like that, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling kind of toss-up-y. I don't know. Last week when I was watching the Browns beat the 49ers, I was like, oh, yeah, we're so back. We're going to beat them, blah, 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 blah. They're out, hurt. Now as I go into it, I'm like, ah, maybe not be that optimistic. But, yeah, it's going to be a good game. And we're finally getting a Monday night football game at home. It's been four years, almost four years. 2019 against the Packers. Before the pandemic was the last time that the Vikings had a home Monday night football game. ESPN, they hate Minnesota. They don't give a fuck about us. They straight up don't. So hopefully we can win and give them a reason to keep coming back. Reggie Murphy on the post game show. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Skull Vikes. We will catch you after the game on Monday night to recap what we just saw. Hope y'all will join us. Yeah.